Welcome to the Health and High Performance Podcast with your host, Coach Peter. This podcast is for busy modern humans who want to maximize their business and financial success and live in a healthy body that is strong, looks the part, and performs optimally both mentally and physically. In each episode, I share bite-sized health, fitness, and human performance lessons to help you live your best life. So, put on your headphones, head out of the door, and start stepping into your potential. In today's episode, you're going to learn how to build your mental and physical stress tolerance. Stress is totally ubiquitous in the modern world. And I think that trying to get rid of all your stresses in your life is probably going to be a losing battle unless you're willing to move onto a deserted island and unplug yourself from the internet. Um, I'm just going to assume that you're probably not going to do that. And besides, even if the modern world can be a little bit stressful at times, it can be absolutely amazing for most of the time. And the key really is to become more resilient to stress so that you can make the most out of all the amazing opportunities that come your way in the modern world. And the thing is that if you aren't resilient to stress, chronic stress can really, it will consume you from the inside out. It will halt your career progress and it may even lead to a very nasty chronic illness. Luckily, there are some very, very powerful lifestyle habits that can improve your tolerance both to physical and mental stress. And before we go into cover those, it is really important to first understand how the human body responds to stress in the first place. And once you understand how the body responds to stress, it will really start making sense why certain types of stresses are really good for us and why other types of stresses are really, really bad for us. And this is one of the most important things to learn about if you really want to take your own healthcare into your own hands and if you want to give the, your doctor and you give, want to give the whole medical system a helping hand. Understanding what we're going to talk about right now is absolutely crucial. So when it comes to understanding how the biology of the human body works, it can be really helpful to shine the light of evolution on it. The human body has evolved during millions of years of stress and adaptation and our ancestors' ability to adapt to changing stresses in their environment was exactly what allowed them to thrive and spread to literally all corners of the world. So, wait a minute. Why do we always hear that stress is so bad for us and it's killing us? even if stress is such an important part of the process of evolution itself? The answer is that yes, stress is an important part of the evolution and life. However, it is the type and amplitude of stress that has changed dramatically from the days when our ancestors were still living in small hunter-gatherer bands, no more than 100 people strong. Compare that to 2021, when we basically live in a worldwide village that is connected 24-7 through the internet. And, you know, out of the 7.6 billion people on the planet, 4.6 billion people are connected to each other through the internet. That is absolutely ludicrous. 
And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this is necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, there's a huge amount of opportunity that comes from being connected to the rest of the world. But it's just the wild, wild difference between the world that our bodies have evolved to live in and the world that we actually live in in 2021. So to understand how we can manage stress better and how we can stay healthy in our modern environment, we are going to have to start with the understanding of how do our bodies actually have evolved to respond to stress. And the big piece to capture here is what the autonomic nervous system is and how the autonomic nervous system operates. The autonomic nervous system is a part of your nervous system that is responsible for involuntary bodily functions, vital, vital functions that take place without your or mine conscious control. You know, things such as breathing, heart rate, blood pressure, digestion, fluid production, defecation, hormonal secretions, and the sexual response. These are all regulated by the autonomic nervous system. You know, a good example is that, did you remember to keep your heart beating this morning when you were waiting for your coffee to get ready? I didn't. Uh, I'm guessing that you didn't either. And the reason why we're still here and you're alive, I'm making this podcast, you're listening to this podcast, is that our autonomic nervous systems made sure that our hearts were beating so that we could divert mental resources to the important task of coffee making. So... The autonomic nervous system is then subdivided into two branches. So we have the sympathetic, also known as the fight or flight state. And we have the parasympathetic, also known as the state of rest and digestion. Depending on which of these branches of the autonomic nervous system is activated, resources and bodily functions are either prioritized towards improving your physical performance in the present moment, or towards recovery, restoration, longevity, and health in the future. So to really put this thing into concrete terms, let's look at it in action. So let's imagine that you're a hunter-gatherer somewhere in the East African savannah about 50,000 years ago. And you're going about your business, you're walking on the savannah, and all of a sudden you spot a lion in the distance. Ooh, your your whole physiology and in even in that first moment before you've even registered that you're looking at a lion, your body goes, Oh shit! Oh shit, there's a lion over there. Oh my god. You freeze, your hairs prick up. Before you've even even consciously registered it, your autonomic nervous system has already increased its arousal levels and has activated the state of fight or flight. Your pupils dilate, blood pressure increases, heart rate increases, breathing rate increases. You stop digesting food and blood is taken from the gastrointestinal tract and it is pushed towards the limbs so that you can fight or run away faster. You stop producing sex hormones and instead you get a spike of adrenaline to give you instant energy. Cortisol is secreted to ensure a constant constant supply of sugar in your blood in case the lion decides to chase you for an extended period of time. At the level of the brain, it's really interesting what happens because the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain 
that is responsible for executive functions, things such as working memory, strategic thinking, and emotion control is switched off. And the limbic system, which is responsible for um, the fight or flight response and for emotions such as fear, anxiety, frustration, and anger, that part of the brain is turned on. So essentially, your body has entered a systemic state of breakdown and survival. And a really good analogy here is that you do not start mowing the lawn if there is a category five cyclone bearing your house down. Not a good idea. Similarly, what is the point in digesting food if you might end up becoming someone else's food? Let them do the digestion for you. So in essence, your body forgets about everything about your health and longevity in the future. And all those resources are redirected towards improving your physical performance right now. And if you think about it, like this is amazing. This is the ultimate performance enhancer. When you're at the gym, when you're about to lift weights, when you're running, you want to be firing on all cylinders so that you can have an amazing workout. And activation of the fight or flight response is absolutely necessary so that you can perform at your best physically. And the thing is that we just don't want to live in this state. We want to be able to go into this state for a period of time when you're lifting weights, when you're running, and then you want to return back to a state of rest and digest. So to go back to our story about the hunter-gatherer on the savanna, hopefully, hopefully what happened is that the lion ended up actually chasing a wildebeest calf and you were able to backpedal back to the tree line. You get out of the out of the open and you're now in the cover of the trees. You can relax. The life-threatening situation is over. You return back to a state of rest and digest. As soon as you do that, now the focus shifts from your immediate survival to your long-term health. Blood pressure drops. Heart rate and breathing rates slow down. Blood comes back to the gastrointestinal tract and you resume digesting food. You start producing sex hormones such as testosterone and estrogen again. Essentially, your body has entered a systemic state of restoration, recovery and longevity. This is where you want to spend the most of your existence. So what I've just described to you, this is the human stress response. And actually, this stress response is so ancient that we share it with most multicellular organisms on this planet. So not just humans, literally almost every other organism on this planet. Imagine how wild it is that even a small fish get exactly the same concoction of stress hormones when they encounter a predator in the ocean. Therefore, the problem with stress is actually not the stress response itself. It only becomes a massive problem if the stress response is turned on too often or if it's left on without our conscious control. And this huge brain of ours that is capable of abstract thinking, it comes with a curse. We humans, 
we are the only animal on the planet that is capable of producing a full-on stress response by thought alone. Your body doesn't know if the stress response is activated by a thought of an unfilled tax return, a deadline, your boss, someone online, someone flipping you off in the traffic, or perhaps a lion chasing you. Your body doesn't know the difference. Your body will always respond in the same way. The response is to stop longevity promoting processes and divert resources towards your immediate survival. And believe it or not, but it is totally entirely possible to become so accustomed to living in a state of stress that you literally don't know anything else. A lot of people live in this live in this state. And it's only when you take a significant break from your everyday life in the form of a vacation or forced leave due to exhaustion, it's only then when you realize how stressed out you've actually been. And the chronic activation of the stress response has been linked to be at the root of a plethora of chronic illnesses that are absolutely rampant in the modern world. And it has also been shown to lead to a shorter lifespan. We do not want that. Therefore, it is absolutely crucial to have strategies in place, firstly, to avoid unnecessary stress. But however, as we've already mentioned, it is probably impossible to get rid of all the stress in your modern world and in your, in your life. And therefore, it is a much more productive strategy to focus on improving your stress tolerance instead. So, what can you do? How can you improve your tolerance to stress? Well, activities that activate the parasympathetic, the rest and digest state of the autonomic nervous system, they have been shown to increase heart rate variability, also known as HRV. Heart rate variability is the best non-invasive way to measure the long-term balance of the autonomic nervous system. And we are going to be covering hardware variability and other objective ways to measure stress in future episodes. But just to give you a quick idea, heart rate variability is the amount of variability between subsequent heartbeats. When heart rate variability is low and there is very little variation between subsequent heartbeats and the heart beats almost like a metronome, it is a sign that the autonomic nervous system is under a lot of stress and the stress response is controlling the way that the heart beats. On the other hand, when heart rate variability is high and there is more variation between subsequent heartbeats, it is a sign that the autonomic nervous system is not under a lot of stress and it's not trying to control what the heart is doing. To reiterate, a low heart rate variability is a sign of stress, stress response, and it means that your tolerance to more stress is going to be low. And a high heart rate variability is a sign of low level of stress and high tolerance to further stress. So what can you do? Well, activities such as breathing exercises, meditation, yoga, sauna, cold exposure, all these activities have been shown to increase heart rate variability. 
breathing exercises are my personal favorite due to the fact that you do not need any equipment to perform them and they are 100% effective, totally reliable and almost an immediate way to reduce acute stress. And the best part is that they have also been shown to increase heart rate variability, improve attention span and reduce long-term stress hormone levels in healthy adults. So this means that breathing exercises not only reduce acute stress, but they also make you more resilient to stress in the long run. And investing a couple minutes each day for cultivating a breath control practice, this is one of the best stress tolerance building habits that you can develop and one of the best strategies that you can create in your modern life. And I know that it can be challenging to get started with a breath control practice if you've never done it before. So that's why we are now going to do a quick three minute exercise to give you an idea of just how effective this kind of a practice can be. So if you're walking around, stop the recording, have find a seat and sit down for three minutes. Um, if you're sitting down, perfect. If you're standing, for example, if you're listening to this in a public transport, you can stand, that's totally fine, but sitting would be preferred. So I want you to become aware of your breathing right now. And I, I want you to become aware of the amount of saliva that's in your mouth. And I want you to become aware of just how do you feel in general? How quickly is your heart beating? How quick is your breathing? And just how do you feel in general? I want you to, if you aren't already breathing through your nose, I want you to close your lips and I want you to breathe through your nose. And I want you to become aware of the speed of the air as the air is coming in through the nose. And I want you to become aware of the speed of the air as the air is going out through the nose. And as you're paying attention to the speed of the air, I want you to start following the following tempo. So we're going to be doing five second inhalations, five second exhalations, and then there's going to be a small pause between the exhalation and the next inhalation. So we're going to be inhaling for five, four, three, two, one, exhale for five, four, three, two, one, pause, in, five, four, three, two, one, out, five, four, three, two, one, pause, in, five, four, three, two, one, out, five, four, three, two, one, pause, in, five, four, three, two, one, out, five, four, three, two, one, pause, and in. And I want you to keep following that tempo. And I want you to still be aware of the speed of the air as the air is coming in through the nose and as the air is going out through the nose. And we're going to be doing one more minute of this exercise. And in the last minute, I want you to see if you can actually start slowing down the speed of the air as the air is coming in and as the air is going out. So stick to the same tempo, five seconds in, five seconds out. But I want you to think about the fine hairs inside your nostrils 
and I want you to slow down the speed of the air so much that those fine hairs inside your nostrils they are not getting disturbed at all by the flow of air inside your nostrils so I want you to make your breathing lighter and I want you to really make your breathing so subtle that if there's someone right now in the room with you if there's someone right now in the public transport with you and if you if they'd be trying to figure out if this person is still breathing it should be really hard for them to notice your breathing so try to make your breathing so subtle that it's really hard for the other people to notice your breathing at all okay so that's been three minutes so how do you feel right now can you notice a difference in the amount of saliva in your mouth right now so hopefully you paid attention how much saliva did you have in your mouth before we started and how much saliva do you have in your mouth right now so that's important because if you recall when you're in a state of fight or flight your body is not interested in digestion at all therefore you will not have any saliva in your mouth so when your body is in the fight or flight you are not going to be producing any saliva at all and your mouth is going to be much much drier on the flip side when you're in a state of rest and digest your body is now interested in digesting food again and therefore you're going to be secreting much more saliva in your mouth so the simple fact of paying attention to the amount of saliva in your mouth can be a really really valuable thing for you to pay attention to during the day you know like if you feel that you're getting a bit antsy you're feeling a bit on edge you also notice that you might be breathing through your mouth and you notice that you don't have any saliva in your mouth close your mouth slow down your breathing and see if you can slow down your breathing for a couple of minutes until the point when you have more saliva in your mouth and that is how you know that you have now successfully activated the state of rest and digest so this exercise that we've just done this is called the light breathing exercise and it has three levels to it and we've just done the beginner version of it and this beginner version exercise is the first progression in the stress tolerance and relaxation exercises that I teach in the breathing foundations course the Breathing Foundations course is an incredibly comprehensive resource for anyone who wants to unlock more energy, better sleep, more presence, more brain power, and more focus to maximize every opportunity you get to make more money, advance in your career, or just to be a better and more present partner, parent, friend, boss, or a colleague. The Breathing Foundations is a combination of theory and practical instructions on mastering the most effective stress management tool at your disposal which is with you all the time which is your breathing so if you're really if you're ready to really take massive action on what you've learned today head over to coachbrew.com and check out the breathing foundations course to recap this episode chronic stress will hold back your career progress in the modern world and it may lead to chronic illnesses and while you should try to remove unnecessary stress you shouldn't focus on trying to remove stress like your sole focus shouldn't be on reducing stress you should f- get rid of the unnecessary stress and instead you should divert your focus to improving your stress tolerance 
by incorporating activities in your life that activate the state of rest and digestion. And breathing exercises, these are the perfect example of these kind of activities. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have today. And it would help me a ton if you left me a rating and a review for this podcast and share this episode with at least one friend, family member, or a colleague who needs to hear this message. You can find me on Instagram at Coach Peter. So if you haven't already, head there and tap the follow button to get notified as I post daily actionable health, fitness, and performance information. Thanks for listening. This is Coach Peter. Let's do this.